Welcome to Witch Yes, a podcast for casual conjurings, witches in training, and the evils all around us. I'm Alicia Herter. And I'm Tara Keck. Evil! Gargoyles! Evil! <laughs> I'm channeling my like best SpongeBob. Do you remember oh, that iconic yes. um, Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy scene? Yes. That was so good. Excellent. Emmy. Who the fuck? Like, we were just children. <laughs> There's a lot of things on that show. I think it's probably much funnier than I even realized as a child. Like, if I were to rewatch it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I will rewatch it. I think about that scene where they're working at the Krusty Krab mm-hmm. at night. And at then, night. And then he has to take out the garbage at night. And then there's, like, some graffiti on um, on the, what's it called? Dumpster. Dumpster, yeah. And Spongebob looks at it, and he says, oh, someone someone didn't finish this one. It said, Squidward stinks. <laughs> or no, Squidward smells. Squidward smells. Someone didn't finish this one. And he goes, good. <laughs> Squidward smells good. That was a good one. But I was very much more a fan of the hash slinging slasher. <gasps> yes. Love that. With like the Nosferatu cameo at the end. Yes. I was like, this is way above my head. But it's scary. And yeah. I am terrified. On today's episode, historical hauntings, which is in the news, and 13 days of Halloween spirit. I'm so excited. Yay! I'm so excited that you're here. I'm all excited that I'm here too. Thank you for coming on this beautiful blustery day. <laughs> Both of our hair is uh, obscene. It's very humid today. It's raining. That's yeah. why. That's what you call humidity. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite humid. It's quite humid. 100% humidity. Mm. Oh, well. Very wet outside. So, baby, what's going on in your life? I just wanted to say that November 8th is election day. You know, it's not the big one, it's but this is one. still very important yeah, and actually wait. more important than I think some people might even realize and more mm-hmm. important than I think the general media is even talking about because who we vote in now kind of dictates who we vote in for the big one. Yeah. So meaning if people get voted in who are a bunch of like alt-right neo-Nazis, you know, if Trump does try to run again in 2024... He has more people on his side to like let that happen. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's just something we really need to be aware of now. And it's a lot more local elections and like gubernatorial races and just ensuring that we're voting in the right people who people who will support like climate change and women's rights and like LGBTQ rights. Because, you know, once Roe v. Wade got turned over, it kind of opens up the door for gay marriage and even like wildly like interracial marriages which is kind of insane and crazy but that's only been around since like I think I looked it up it was like 1968 or something like that so like that's when it started so both my parents had already been born by the time it was legalized for interracial marriage in the U.S. like isn't that crazy that is insane it's very very bizarre which doesn't you know I'm sure everyone was doing getting it on regardless but it still means a lot for it to be seen and recognized in the eyes of the law. 
and just like the climate change, just like everything, babies, everything. Babies. So I really hope you all go out and vote. Make sure you check your voting status. It's just by going like New Jersey voting registration. Like you just Google that. You just put whatever state in Google that. And then the website pops up and then you just enter your little information and it checks if you're registered or not. Mm -hmm. And you're running out of time to get registered and you might be out of time by this podcast is up, but still very, very important. Especially if you've moved recently, you can check exactly where your voter registration has you voting and you can update that very easily online. Yeah. So I would definitely suggest like saying, okay, I know I'm registered to vote and I recently found out I was still registered to vote in Park Slope and I haven't <laughs> lived there in like three years. Yeah, so you don't have to vote there. Vote in your neighborhood. Exactly. Keep it easy. Keep it easy. I did want to, I have posted a couple elections that we should be looking at. So baby witches, listen for your state. If you are in Georgia, Nevada, Pennsylvania, New Hampshire, and Arizona, your Senate seats are swinging back and forth. And I really need you to make sure that Herschel Walker and Dr. Oz do not become senators. <laughs> they are monstrous. And I got to say, California, Iowa, Maine, Michigan, Nebraska, Ohio, Texas, and Virginia, you have some House seats that really need your vote. Because everybody's saying that the House is going to go to Republicans. And we're still not going to have anything going through Congress at all. Yep. If we are a split house. And then if you live in Florida, baby witches, we got to get rid of this fucking clown, Ron DeSantis. He's not helping anybody. No. He helps no one. He didn't even help with the hurricane that just went through. No, he didn't. It's crazy. If you heard your state just now, I want you to immediately, while you're listening to this, maybe we'll do some little music. Check your voter registration online. Go to vote.gov. That's even easier than what I was saying. That's <laughs> less things you have to put into Google. Yeah, very important. And if you're, you know, a raging progressive like us and into Instagram, Alana Glazer breaks down like who you should be voting on per state. So I would definitely recommend like looking up her Instagram accounts. She's just been very helpful and like, you know, she's an American babe. Like, oh love her. All the information is out there that's needed. And of course, just if you can't figure it out on your own, ask someone for help. It's okay. You have a right to vote. You do. So you should exercise that right. Absolutely. Because it's one of the few things we still have left. <laughs> and we need you to do it. <laughs> but Alicia. Yes. Before we move forward, we do have something else that we have to talk about. Yes. Which is what we did last weekend. Oh we went to go see the sweetest of the sweetest, the Brianist of the Brians, Brian Squared. Up in Troy, New York, our resident intern, Brian Rainey, got married to his beautiful, sweetheart, nerd boy, husband, Brian Land. It was so cute. And like, what a gorgeous little wedding they had. We just felt like so honored to be invited. And it was just so sweet. And we had so much fun while we were there. And congratulations, Brian's. And oh my gosh, thank you so much for the candle. It was so worth it. And we love you so much. We love you, Brian. And before we get to our episode, we do have to talk about Patreon. So right now, we are at 90 of 500 Patreon witches. We are so close. We are so close. To being a fifth of the way there. Oh my gosh, that's so exciting. So last week, Patreon witches got an episode about Aphrodite for our special 69th Ooh. Patreon episode. And then next week is a special surprise. A special surprise. Don't freak out. Don't make a whole deal about it. What is it? 
No, I can't tell you. What? It's a top secret. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, we're all excited. Baby, you were there for it. Was I? I mean, physically, maybe not mentally. <laughs> and the link is in our show notes. So you're on your phone anyway. Hop in there. $5 and above Patreon, which is get access to two extra episodes a month, which makes us a weekly podcast. <gasps> Love that. And then head over to our Tee Public to get Witch Yes merch like Satan's Little Snack, Baby Witch shirts and totes and sweaters, because baby, it's about to be Sawin. Oh my gosh, I know. The seasons are changing. Scorpio season is upon us. <laughs> I know. <laughs> energized. Absolutely energized. And speaking of spooky ooky. Speaking of energized. The energies. The energies. Feel them around you. We're talking about historical hauntings today. Alicia, mm-hmm. have you ever been to a haunted house? A haunted site? Have you ever, <gasps> have you ever been to the White House? I have never been inside the White House, but I've been to the White House. Well, you know that whole place is full of ghosts. (gasps) Ghosts? Well, why would you be president if it's full of ghosts? I think that's why all, have you seen those before after pictures of presidents where it's like before their presidency and after their presidency and they look like the life has been sucked out of them? I think it's the ghosts sucking their life force. And putting it on their skin Mm -hmm. to rejuvenate. Yeah. William Howard Taft's in there, his ghost. (laughs) He's yes. so plump. He's so he covered in butter. Is that Phyllis? No. It's Obama. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm all about ghosts. I'm all about a little like spooky, a little haunting. Come on, Sawwin's just around the corner, you guys. This is the time. This is it. And this is the place. Oh, yeah. So let me take you somewhere beyond the veil. Ooh. To Amy Winehouse apartment. Ah, so we're in London. Are we in London? We're close to London. We are. We're in the UK. Across the pond. The veil has thinned. So Amy Winehouse, the epitome of troubled and talented, passed away July 23rd, 2011 from alcohol poisoning. It was devastating. It was devastating. Very sad. Substance abuse, violence, and addiction are a hell of a Valerie. And you can find out all about it in the 2015 documentary, Amy, which was very good. And very sad. What we're going to talk about today is what people are claiming she's been up to after her death. Oh, I hope she's having the best time. I would love that for her. Pete Doherty, English musician and co-frontman for the Libertines, fled his apartment and moved to Paris in late 2011, just a few months after Amy's death, because he swears... Her ghost was haunting his UK flat. Several people cried drug-induced hallucinations, but Doherty said he'd been clean since her death. Whatever Doherty was seeing, it stands in stark contrast to what her family says Amy's been up to. Yeah, well, they were kind of shitty. So don't they deserve to be haunted? So in 2018, <laughs> Mitch Winehouse, her father, the man of the hour, amazing, started claiming that Amy visited their family home in Kent. And this is what he said. Her spirit comes and sits on the end of my bed. She just sits there and it looks just like her with her beautiful face. And she looks at me and I say to her, are you all right? Because I get nervous with her being there. I'm afraid she's going to fucking stab me for what I did to her. I'm afraid she's haunting me. The visits began right away after her death. So the week after she died, he says, I was at my sister's house and we heard this thud. And a blackbird that looked identical to Amy's tattoo flew into the glass. We went and picked it up and put it up on a perch. It happened at night when birds don't fly. But it came back and sat on my foot. It sat on his foot? It sat on his, with her little tiny bird feet. 
that's some like horror film kind of thing going on. <laughs> I mean, the sitting on the foot's very cute. And then we put it back again and it came and sat in the middle of us and sang. I do not see blackbirds all the time. And you think, oh, it's only a bird. But it was her. I'm sure of it. Probably was. I could see her being the type of person to just fuck with people. And it would just like make her immensely happy. Mm -hmm. And to Amy Winehouse's spirit, I'm like, go for it, bitch. Like, get it. Chaos. Have a good time. You deserve it. What would you come back as to fuck with people? Oh, I should come back as the thing I fear most. (gasps) So I'll come back as a snake. That's exactly what I was thinking. Isn't that insane? And then I just like, oh. So gross. Mm-hmm. Just like scare people. Yeah. Boo. On purpose. I literally say boo and I'm a little snake and then I wriggle away mm-hmm. before you chop me up with like a knife because people are crazy. People are crazy. <laughs> I don't know. Apparently, the visits ramped up in 2015 when Mitch was staying in Amy's flat. I don't know why he was there or what he was doing there. And he said he felt something travel through her window into his back. A vibrating feeling that he said was like an electric toothbrush. He goes on. The feeling was very dramatic, but it was a really lovely feeling. I panicked, even though he said it was a lovely feeling, that I was having a seizure or a heart attack. A very lovely seizure or a heart attack. And then it simmered down. I feel her all the time. And I know Janice does too. And my son Alex says he's seen her in a pale blue light. We all feel her presence. It's probably because he's still getting rich off of her shit. Yeah, 100%. Eh, at least it goes to a family. <laughs> Instead of what? I don't know, the corporations. I mean, it goes to the corporations, too. Yeah. But, ugh, I'm all about her haunting them, though. I think that's funny. And I like that it, it's her family and Pete Townsend. <laughs> a little random, but it's like, why not? Well, apparently they had a relationship right before oh. she died. Mm-hmm. That makes more sense then. Just to be like, I'm still here. We can have ghost sex if you want. Ooh. I'd come back as a swarm of bees. You think so? Like a swarm. You wouldn't be just one bee. No, a swarm. Okay. Hive mind. And I'd take over the whole hive. Mm. Because you're the queen. I'd really fuck with people. Yeah. What else would she come back as? She could come back as an orca. Ooh. I don't know how much like haunting you can do as an orca. Just sailors. Yeah. Those lost at sea. At uh, the beach. Yeah, but you can't get too close as an orca. Yeah, but you got that those teeth. And once in a while, the undertow is going to bring you a child. And then you just eat it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a good haunting. That's just murder. That's, that's just violence, babe. <laughs> that's just, huh. What's another? I feel like <gasps> a cat oh. with large eyes. That see everything. Yeah, and that you, um, you go up to chalkboards and use your nails, your little talons, and go, Ooh, spooky. And then, yeah, and then you sneak up on people and go, and you're just like always watching them. Yeah. But like more than a cat normally does. Yes. Like literally just staring in a corner. Like you think you're safe and alone and you never are. Mm -hmm. Ooh, that'd be a good one. Like the kind of. Because then it's like the suspense of it all. Yes. The kind of cat that like sits on the edge of the bed watching you have sex. Yes. But will meow to be let into the room, but just to make you feel uncomfortable. Yep. Yeah, I want to watch you make her come. It's like a power play. Yeah. It's a cat power play. Cats are crazy. Cats are so crazy. Next up, we have the ghost of the first samurai. Oh. So this comes from The Guardian. So Taira no Masakado, the first samurai of Japan, was born in 903 AD, but he didn't get his first bank account until 2002. Masakado was part of a generation of men, young sons, bastards, and social outcasts who left the capital city of Kyoto the comfort of their families, and traveled to the lawless north. Ooh, good. 
The Guardian claims that at some point, Masakado went fucking bananas and started proclaiming that the sun goddess chose him to become the new emperor. He killed a local governor and took over two provinces with an army. Wow, I like that he's just getting shit done. He has a goal, Mm -hmm. and he's just going to do it. It's like he was like, okay, my five-year plan is to become emperor, because that's what the sun god told me I was supposed to do. Okay, what's the halfway point between that? Taking over land. What's the halfway point between that? Getting rid of the people that own the land. Kill the governor. What's the halfway point between that? Getting enough people that I can kill the governor. He's like uh, the perfect, like, Checklist. His to-do list must be like so meticulous. Mm-hmm. Ooh. But Masakado was fucking up shit all over Japan way before this, which is how he assumed such a following because he was kind of like this folk hero mm. of like this guy that couldn't be killed. It was there's actually a, a fable that he was immortal except for the top of his head. Oh, oh kind of like an Achilles heel sort of thing. Exactly. His rebellion against the emperor only lasted 59 days, and his own cousin slayed him in battle. Okay, but only. That's a long time. Oh, that's like two months. Yeah. That's a decent chunk of time. Like, straight? Fighting? I mean, the January 6th siege of the Capitol was only a few hours. I know. Like, this guy really put in the work. I just have to take a moment to commend him, honestly. He had to get food. He had to get water. They had to keep going? Yeah. Oh, I'm bummed it didn't work out for him. So this is from The Guardian. They said... It wasn't long before the legends began. He was said to be invulnerable, except for the top of his head where his mother, a serpent, had failed to lick him. I don't know what that means either. Snakes are born from eggs, right? Yes. And they don't look after their young. So why? who's licking what? And why? (laughs) Who birthed who? And when and how? And the chicken or the egg? I just don't know what's happening. Plagues of butterflies supposedly warned of his revolt as rainbows broke out simultaneously in the capital. So there's some kind of like Ouroboros so like, thing. Some like gay pride parade going on at the Super same time. Super gay. <laughs> They're like, yes! He's here! The emperor! Let the party start! The like, what? sun goddess has arrived! I have no idea. After Masakado's death, rumors began to spread that his daughter, Takiyasha was hiding out in the ruins of his fortress. And people whispered that she was a witch raising an army of frogs and practicing necromancy to resurrect her father. That's metal. It's really fucking cool. That's cool. Angered by the rumors and the idea of a zombie, Masakado. Dude, Japan would be totally different now. If they had a zombie emperor? Yes. Unkillable? Oh, he might still be there. No, I don't know. That's a long time. I think someone would have defeated him by now. By, oh, for a thousand plus years? Yeah. If he can just keep coming back? Well, you need the necromancer to bring him back each time, I would assume. Yeah, so you'd have to like kind of like task rabbit that every once in a while. And yeah. I don't know what the maintenance is, mm-hmm. like what the skincare routine is. Oh, he'd look awful. <laughs> I think if you are a thousand years old, you deserve to look like shit and smell really bad. Like, you walk into a room and people, like, pass out. Yeah. Because you smell so bad. They just, like, absolutely, he thinks that they're bowing for him. But they're they're just dying. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I think that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, great. You're the only person I need to convince here. (laughs) Okay, so the emperor's pissed. And he's seeking to quell the rumors of his return. So the emperor digs up Masakado cuts off his head and hangs it from a tree in Kyoto's marketplace. And allegedly, that's when the screaming began. I would scream too if I saw that. 
the severed head screamed and shrieked, demanding to know where its body had gone. Oh, shit. It flew around, jerking the tree back and forth, trying to free itself. Eventually, it untangled itself from the tree and flew into the wilderness. It flew all around Japan, terrorizing its people until finally coming to rest in a fishing village called Shibazaki. The people of Shibazaki laid the head to rest with full honors and inscribed the grave with a charm and seal to secure the head in place. So they were like, this little boy's never getting out. Yeah, I mean, they just don't want him to come back. That Absolutely. was so scary for everyone. <laughs> this guy, he screams. Oh my gosh. He flies through the air. So let's get to the ghost story. There's a, that was a whole ghost story already. In 1864, after a lot of civil war, reorganization, and the reinstallation of the emperor, Masakado's grave ended up being in the new capital, the new Kyoto, Tokyo, which eventually was renamed Tokyo. To make it less confusing. Yes. I understand. At this point, Masakado was kind of a celebrity as a rebel bad boy who hated authority, like very Tengu, Yokai-y. Okay. And the new government officially proclaimed him as an enemy of the emperor. To further insult him, they started to build their new financial ministry right next to his grave. <laughs> Whoops. The building burned down. <gasps> dun, dun. Immediately upon starting the rebuilding process, weird things started to happen around the property. People started mysteriously falling off support beams, construction mishaps, and a total of 14 people died at this building in the five years it took to rebuild it including the finance minister himself. Who is going to do this job now? We don't need this whole house. We don't need this for anything. Construction and ministry personnel coyly admitted that, okay, so we didn't build the new facility next to his grave. We actually fully built it on top of his grave. Oh. Oopsie. Oh, goody. Good, good. And after the death of the finance minister, they, quote, hastily tried to restore it and performed an exorcism. But one little problem, they forgot to replace the ceiling charm on top. So it was just a bunch of amateurs. Yes. This is not good. Nine nearby offices were destroyed by a single lightning strike. Bulldozers were turned over, killing the drivers inside. And eventually, all of Japan fell into a two-decade-long recession. All of it blamed on the ghost of Masakado. Damn. Oh, I like that. That's some vengeance. He's, he's like, if I can't have it, no one can have it. He's like, what do people care about? The economy? Poof. Done. Killed it. In a last-ditch effort to appease him, the Tokyo Mitsubishi Bank that now stands on his land before filing for bankruptcy tried to appease the ghost of Masakado by opening a thick-ass bank account in his name. Did it work? They opened a bank account in his name? They opened a bank account in his name. Did they deposit money inside yeah, too? Oh, it was a very hefty bank account. Uh, what, does he have a card? How is he going to act? What is he going to do with this? I have no idea. He probably needs to activate his PIN number. So did it work? Eh. Okay. We don't really know. But Japan did bounce back from its recession. And you can actually visit Masakado's grave at the C4 exit at Otemachi Station in Tokyo. It's still there. Well, how do I access the bank account? I don't care about seeing the gray. So you need his mother's maiden name. Mrs. Masakado, the snake. And then, yes? Yes. And then you need uh, the four-digit PIN code to activate his card. And then you have to go to an ATM so that it can scan it. Mm -hmm. And then you can just start spending left and right. Hmm. hmm. I don't know. I don't know. She wants to, but she's not sure. Well, I'm just like, it just sounds like they're a bunch of liars. What? Who? Like, they're not 
giving this ghost that money? I don't know. I feel like at some point you're like, I'm willing to try anything. I'm also wondering, does Masakato understand inflation? Is a hundred yen a thousand years ago, like maybe a lot of money to a samurai versus a hundred yen is going to get you a gotcha pawn maybe. Yeah. What's his like APY? Like, is he making interest on this? I assume he's got to be. I hope so. Unless it's just a checking account. But he just wanted to be emperor. He didn't want money. He wanted to rule them all. He wanted power. Well, now, how do you get power? Money. Yeah. That's a good point. All right. And speaking of money, power, and beauty, which Masakata wasn't, but actually, I don't know. I have no idea. Most of the the images of him are him as a floating head. It's very scary. Yeah, that sounds scary. But someone else who does a lot of hauntings is Miss Marilyn Monroe. (gasps) Oh, another tragic, troubled, (laughs) talented woman taken too soon. Beautiful icon. Yes. Did you watch the Marilyn Monroe documentary? Like the new one? No. I think it's on HBO Max. Is it good? It like kind of explained like her whole connection to the Kennedys a lot more and like all of her previous because uh, she had to divorce her first husband basically because Hollywood executives said you'll never be famous if you're married because people want to fuck you. They want to imagine that they can fuck you. I've heard that before. It's like very sad. It is very sad. And like one of the whole reasons that she could have possibly been drinking that night was because Bobby Kennedy broke up with her and told her that you you can never see my family again because she was a known like progressive and that she was associating with a lot of communists, which at the time the Red Scare was a big thing. Yeah, but that was like the cool thing to do. Oh, it's totally Hollywood types. Nobody's a conservative. They're all communists. They want money for everyone, mostly for them, but for everyone. Mm -hmm. But since... The 32-year-old superstar's tragic overdose in her Brentwood home on August 5th, 1962. Monroe's spirit has been hounded as much in death as she was in life. Marilyn's ghost has been spotted everywhere, like in the home she died, sitting on a bench at the Hippodrome in the Santa Monica Pier, and in like a full-length mirror once in Suite 246 at the Roosevelt Hotel, where she was like seen dancing. You see her everywhere. If you are in L.A. and Hollywood, that bitch is around. She loves to travel. She loves to just get out and have some fun. And then at Monroe's Marble Crypt in Westwood Village Memorial Park, which was the cemetery right next to UCLA. Whoa. Which I didn't even, like, clock. I didn't even, like, I was like, oh, a lot of dead people there. I wasn't, like, any famous ones. Oh, my God. I'm sure it's full of famous people. I'm sure it's full of famous. A common practice at the cemetery is for visitors to kiss the spot where she was buried with like red lipstick on. So you're just like kissing dirt, the tomb, the oh. dirt, the grass. I don't know what you're kissing, which also like kind of sounds a little gross. It's like Blarney Stone level of like you're getting facial herpes. Yeah, it's like you don't know. And I mean, I, it doesn't rain enough in L.A. No, to all like of wash that is it still off. I mean, I like kissing. I guess it's fine. I like kissing. I've decided it's okay. But You know, you do have to kind of be aware, like, who am I kissing right now? Maybe it's Marilyn. But there have been reports that around her grave, a heavy pink-colored mist that people believe to be her spirit. Sometimes it'll just be, like, around. Which I think I would be madly concerned if I saw a A pink-colored mist. No, I'd be like, a chemical attack (laughs) is upon Los Angeles. (laughs) It is chemical warfare. The Russians have got us. Yes. I would be like, the smog has come alive and she is gorgeous. And she's stunning. 
And rumors have been circulating recently, which actually I was going to talk about in Witches in the News, and then we changed topics to this, so I'm just including it here instead, where the actress Ana de Armas, who, who plays Marilyn Monroe on Blonde, says that the ghost was seen around set. Really? Mm-hmm. So she's just like her entire, all of Los Angeles is like. It's her playground. It's her territory. That's her home. They made her famous. They keep selling her fucking image everywhere. She's going to stay there until you don't remember her anymore. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. I love it. I'm like, you get it, girl. You deserve all this fame. But Anna said, I truly believe that she was very close to us. She was with us. I think she was happy. And then the haunting apparently wasn't just like a physical one where you like feel their presence. It said that Marilyn even went as far as to invade like Dayarmo's like brain space. So Anna was like, she was all I thought about. She was all I dreamt about. She was all I could talk about. She was with me and it was beautiful. Which is like, oh, that's very sweet. You know, that's nice. Mm -hmm. A little obsessive. But, you know, I get you're portraying a character. That's fine. But Anna was also caught saying this about Marilyn's ghost. She would also throw things off the wall sometimes and get mad if she didn't like something. Maybe this sounds very mystical, but it is true. We all felt it. And to be fair, Marilyn's ghost kind of had reason to be mad on that set. Why? Because the film is based on the 2000 novel called Blonde by Joyce Carol Oates, which is a fictionalized account inspired by the life of Marilyn Monroe, not an actual biopic. Wait, wait. So the whole marketing for this is like, this is Marilyn Monroe, when in actuality, this is a fictional book that's kind of used Marilyn Monroe as like a template. But it wasn't Marilyn Monroe. What? Mm-hmm. So it's been like marketed as like a biopic and like showing the real Marilyn and like closer to the truth by both Andrew Dominic and Ana de Armas and, you know, mostly Netflix, like the big company. Even though Netflix has classified the film as a fictional portrait of Marilyn Monroe on their official website. And apparently it goes so far as to like, and you know, we don't know what happened, what didn't happen. She's dead. We're not going to learn, you know, but it goes so far to have accounts of like Hollywood executives like raping her. Mm-hmm. That might not have been how that situation went down. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like blasphemous. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm feeling very much like I love a good icon, but maybe we just need to like leave her alone for a bit. That's how I feel also about Princess Diana. Mm hmm. I'm like, hundred, and they both kind of have like that similar, like loved by the people, like the kind of person that's like, I am going to take everyone up with me. Just pure, wholesome, beautiful human beings. Yeah, I feel that. And I'm like, no, I want Amy Winehouse and her fucking crusty ass hair. Oh, they're doing a biopic for her. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. They're like looking for casting. So it'll probably be like in a year or two when it comes out. Okay. But I'm very excited about that. But yeah, give me someone new. Yeah. We've seen Marilyn. We've haunted Marilyn. Let her ghost just party in peace. Give me a Mary Todd Lincoln story. That bitch is crazy. Give me a Mary Todd Lincoln. The next story we're going to talk about, the next ghost, is Minnie Quay from Forrester, Michigan. So she's just kind of, she's a gal. She's just a regular gal. Like me and you. Like me and you. And you know what? She lives in the thumb of Michigan. Oh. I know. So thumb people, you got some spooky, ooky hauntings of your own right here, right now. The Quay family, which was like Father James and Mother Mary Ann, which what a good like mom name. Mary Ann lived in a busy lumbering town of Forrester. Their daughter, Minnie, 
was only 15 at the time, so she had given her heart to a young sailor whose ship would dock in Forrester often for, you know, shipping, merchant reasons, you know, boat reasons. Dr- dr- drugs. Yeah. On guns. On the Great Lake. Boats. Something. Not much is known about this dude, but many had fallen head over heels in that way that 15-year-old girls do. I know, right now your heart's like breaking. Destructive. I know, destructive. Diary entries upon diary entries. UTIs left and right. She's like, I will slit my hand open for him. You know, that kind of passionate, unruly, wild love. Many people in town warned her about this guy. And her own mother would often yell loud enough for others in town to hear that she would rather see many dead than with this man. (gasps) Because, you know, he was a sailor. And that's like a different class like back then. So this is like the year of 1876. So we're giving some context. So like 1875, 1876. So in early spring of 1876, word came back to Forrester that this man's ship had gone down in the Great Lakes. And Minnie was so distraught. Devastated. Devastated. And her parents, like the last time he was in town had not allowed her to say goodbye no. to him when he left. No, no, no. I know. This is so sad. Okay, okay, then what? A few days later, on April 27th, her parents gave her charge to watch her younger brother, James. And as, you know, her baby brother was sleeping, Minnie sneaks out of the house, walks into town, passes by the town inn, the Tanner house, and people, like, sitting on the porch have remarked, like, they waved to the young girl, and they were like, oh, where are you going? Like, how you doing, Minnie? Like, all that. And, you know, she waved back, very polite and courteous. You couldn't be rude to people at that time because then you'd be a witch, you know, shit yeah. like that. And then the onlook- onlookers watched as she walked to the lake, onto the pier, and just jumped into Lake Huron and drowned. And that's why she's haunting that area. Wait, wait, wait. Did she, like, weigh herself down with rocks? Like, how did she? You, like- well, I think she just didn't know how to swim. Oh, well, they didn't because teach women a lot They didn't of teach women. She probably didn't know how to read either. No, we don't know that. Minnie might have known how to read. But yeah, I don't think she knew how to swim. So she was just like, this is it. I want to be with him in Lake Huron, the lesser known of the lakes. <laughs> the lesser known of the greater lakes. Not Lake Superior. But yeah, so sad. So her ghost has been said to roam the beaches of Forrester. And some have said that she just walks waiting for her lover to dock while others think that they've seen her trying to beckon young girls into the waters to their own death. So kind of like a La Llorona kind of thing. Oh my God, yeah, mermaid style. Yeah. And then the stories of like the elderly people in the area say that you must leave something on her headstone if you're in that cemetery or she will follow you home. So if you go to her grave, like allegedly, there's a lot of like little trinkets and things just so that she leaves them alone. Or for people who want to just, like, give offerings. Every time you go, every time you visit Great Aunt Biddy, Mm -hmm. you got to go to this other bitch who never done nothing for you and give her a little treat. Do you want to be spooked and ooped? It just seems like a little, it just seems a little selfish, okay? She was presumptuous. She was 15. Okay, she was selfish. Let's give her that. Okay, fair. Fair, She wanted this man. She wanted to say goodbye to him. Mom said no. And he dies, which that's pretty big. Like, you know, that death is, is yes. capital D. We're not in the lowercase, like, urgencies anymore. Disappeared. No. Yeah. And then so you kill yourself because you're in love with a sailor. And he's supposed to come home. If he had those tattoos of a pig and a, and a chicken, maybe he would have floated home. And also it's, 
you know, it's kind of like super fucked up because it's like, I know you're in love, but it's very much like, fuck you, mom. Mm -hmm. As you like jump to your death. Like, girl. Also, this um, this little run away and be a hooker for all I care. You know, at least you'll be alive. What uh, this also this child she abandoned in the house. <laughs> Her little brother. Prob- you know, they don't have good windows. Probably freezing to death. Yeah. Oh, my God. Got SIDS. And it's like Some in April. Shit. I mean, April in Michigan, though. Like, that's cold. Also, how much you want to bet she's a Pisces? All of it. You can have everything. We don't know her birthday, but you can have it all. <laughs> she's probably a Pisces. It's the most Pisces thing I've ever heard. I'm going to jump into the lake that my beloved drowned in so I can be with him. And she becomes a fish and she's the one haunting the Great Lakes. She becomes a kraken. Ooh, the kraken of the Great Lakes. What a stupid place to put lakes. <laughs> They're just up there. They, nobody was thinking. Here's Lucy Goosian. <laughs> They're like, eh, good enough. What's the giant lake that's up there? Is it Superior? That sounds giant. Or no, Lake it's Michigan. Not, it's not near the, um, it's the one that's in Canada. It's not really a lake. Is it the giant bay that's up there? Oh, yeah, this guy. Hudson Bay. Oh. This one. Yeah, who put that there? Like, who puts a giant bay at the top of the world? I can't get there. That doesn't help me. What's Santa going to do with that? What is he going to do with that? They're like, mm, Northwest Passage. Okay. <laughs> Fucking idiots. <laughs> Dorks. And then as we've alluded to, we have some ghosts in this White House. The White House, where the president lives, where Jill Biden. Jill Biden's just trying to get a good night's sleep. She is. And there's all of these like creaks in the night. It's not going to be good. And she keeps hoping it's like one of their dogs. And it's not. No, it never is. It's always a ghost. Every time. But we have Mr. Andrew Jackson. And, you know, he was like the manifest destiny dude, the trail of tears guy. So he probably got locked out of some heaven or other region and just has to stay at the White House. Like, let's be honest. But it is said that he haunts the White House and his home in Tennessee. And those are like the most common places that people have interacted with him because I'm sure his home in Tennessee is like a museum or something. That's always what they do with those things, like right? What? It's not Botticelli. What is it? Grandcello. What's the one? <laughs> Limoncello. Limoncello. No, uh, it's the cello Monticello. Oh, I don't know. What are you talking about? It's like a famous, that's not Benjamin Franklin, but it's one of them. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, one of the most well-known stories of Jackson's restless spirit comes from another person who had lived in the White House, First Lady Mary Todd Lincoln. Yes, bitch. Yes. She's just so spooky. She loved the spiritualist thing because that was kind of going on around like that same time. There's actually a Keck family uh, legend that we are related to her. Oh, she's like an aunt. (gasps) Yeah. Congratulations. But it doesn't show up anywhere on. Really? On uh, what is it? Like 23 and me. Yeah, or, oh, fuck. Yeah. That'd be cool to like look into though. But in the Rose Room, which was Jackson's room during his presidency, because you know, they have so much interior design going on these days. Mary Todd Lincoln reported hearing his boots stomping, his voice cussing, and hysterical laughter. Oh, so it would just happen all the time. A terrifying creature. So scary. It's like, get this dude out of here. Manifest destiny this bitch out of here. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Get him out. His boots. He's got like special boots. Oh, probably. They probably had like a thick heel to make him taller or something. Yeah. I don't Spurs. Know. Yeah. He's just cowboy boots. Bells. And whistles. Another person who is said to haunt there is Abigail Adams. And Abigail Adams was the second first lady of the United States, but she was the 
first first lady to live in the White House because the White House didn't really exist with Washington. It came in with John Adams. So I have to say that's pretty fucking iconic. That's pretty fucking cool. And I don't think we talk enough about her. She decided everything. Yeah. She was like, this will be where Andrew Jackson sleeps later. (laughs) (laughs) So this big thing is Abigail was known to always do the laundry of the house. And come on, it's the second president. So there were servants and slaves, but apparently her thing is she does the laundry because she doesn't want anyone having to pick up like fucking John Adams stanky ass sock. No, she's like, no, I'm not. No one else should have to deal with these. Exactly. I married into this. This is my responsibility. I chose this. Give me the one thing. They didn't have the days. The one power. The one. Everybody's talking about the power of the purse. Nobody's talking about the power of the Charmin. Nope. Or like Tide. Yeah. Nobody's talking about the power of the Tide. Mm hmm. Unless you're eating them. Do you remember that? Yeah, that was what a crazy time. Was that pre-Trump or post-Trump? No, it wasn't post-Trump. Was that pre-Trump or Trump era when we were all eating Tide Pods? We? We? I don't know. I don't want to judge anyone who's listening. We. I'm making them feel included. It was a dumb idea. We all went to the hospital, but we. 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 <laughs> Royal we. Royal we. After washing the laundry, she would hang them out to dry in the East Room. And then in the 200 years since her passing, multiple people of the White House have claimed to see her ghost. So she's dressed in her traditional cap and lace shawl because, you know, she's a first lady. We're wearing lace, baby. And she walks towards the East Room with her arms out like she's carrying a laundry basket. They do not see the laundry basket. That is a good question, though. Okay. No one sees the laundry basket, but it seems like she is carrying the laundry basket. That was uh, immediately. And then I was like, where is it? Is it because John Adams is in heaven and he doesn't have stink Mm -hmm. lines anymore? Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's a good question. But some say they can even smell wet laundry and lavender when walking past the room. Wow. That's cool. That's pretty spooky. I love a scent. I love a scent. I hope she just doesn't feel like she has to do it. Oh, like no one else is doing it right or like no one else is going to do it or this is, oh. So she does it in death because no one else is going to do it. Maybe it was really like, no, this is like the one thing I excel at. She's just like doing the laundry, hanging it up and then reading like a trashy ass romance novel Mm -hmm. while it's drying. And that's like her like safe place. Yeah. I love that for her. I think she's great. I don't know anything about her. So if she's not great, that's okay. My opinion can change. I'm not committed to anything I say ever. You can sway me however you want. (laughs) And then, of course, we have Mr. Abraham Lincoln, who is a haunter himself. The Lincoln log himself. I mean, it makes sense. Like, dude got shot in, like, the fucking face. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty tragic. I would haunt shit, too. Yeah. That's a tragic death. Shoot me in the arm? I don't care. I'm not coming back for that. Yeah. But the face. Yeah. The moneymaker? People know my face, you know? Mm, Not good. The spirit of the 16th president reportedly still inhabits the walls of the White House. The wife of President Calvin Coolidge was the first to see Lincoln's ghost standing in the Oval Office looking out of the window, and his spirit became active again a century later during FDR's presidency when Eleanor Roosevelt claimed to feel his presence in her study while she worked there. And then in 1942, this bitch Queen Wilhelmina of the Netherlands, she pops over, you know, they do their like, their duties and everything. She stays the night because they have so many rooms. Like, 
let me stay here. In multiple colors. It'd be ridiculous for you to not let me stay here. A hotel. I'm a queen. She hears footsteps outside of her bedroom at the White House. And then someone knocks on her door. No, 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 no. So she opens the door only to see Lincoln in a frock coat and, you know, the signature top hat standing right in front of her. And this bitch faints. What would you do? He's, he's huge and made even taller with the hat. Oh, with the hat. Why? Would it, that was a power move. Yeah. That was 100% a power move. He did not need a hat that big. It's like when a six no foot. No one needed that. It's when a six foot tall woman wears heels. I'm like, you are the president. You are the Amazon. You are the Amazon creature and we all obey whatever you say. And then one story that's very popular is about, you know, former British Prime Minister Winston Churchill, the only one we know by name. We don't know anyone else. Oh, we have Margaret uh, Thatcher. Thatcher. I got so just two. Tony Blair for some reason oh, in my. three. But he used to love to retire late, taking a long, luxurious hot bath. You know, he's a stressed out man. Like he's got to take a long bath with some bubbles. And, you know, he drinks a little scotch and smokes a cigar and just, you know, relaxes. He has that like spa music on in the background somehow. His like Alexa's playing it. Mm -hmm. Just like setting the scene. And there is an account that on one occasion, he's doing this at the White House. You know, he's staying there too because you're going to make Winston Churchill get a hotel? Like that's crazy. You're going to send him to the Marriott? Come on. So he climbs out of the bath completely naked, like just in what his mama gave him. And he walks into the adjoining room, so his bedroom. And so he was startled to see Lincoln standing by the fireplace of the room, leaning on the mantle. And Churchill took his cigar out of his mouth, because, you know, he's been smoking this whole time, tapped the ash off the end of his cigar and said, good evening, Mr. President. You seem to have me at a disadvantage. (laughs) That's fair. He won. Checkmate. Lincoln apparently smiled softly as if laughing and then disappeared. Quietly jerking off slowly as he disappeared. Yeah, I don't know. What the fuck? Isn't that crazy? And then our last one we'll talk about with Lincoln is one of the most famous photographs taken by William H. Mumler apparently shows Mary Todd Lincoln with the ghost of her husband, you know, Big Abe. What? The photo was taken around 1869, so after Abraham Lincoln's death, and William, the photographer, did not know that his sitter was Mary. He just thought he was dealing with a woman named Mrs. Tundle because she just didn't give her real name. Like, no, why would you? She is a celebrity. She does not have to. And apparently, William didn't even know it was Mary until after the photo was developed. And in the photo, right behind her chair, you can see a large Abraham Lincoln-esque man standing behind her. He has, like, these ghostly fingers on her shoulders. Oh, wow. Yeah, you totally can. And so many people believe, like, they've tried to debunk this theory that it's a ghost and have said, like, it's a double exposure kind of situation. But it really does look like Abraham Lincoln. And this is before they would really have the technology to do that, too. Yeah. And it's also, like, if it's a double exposure, it's, like, you take one picture and then you need to take a picture of something else. Was there someone else in the room that kind of looked like Abe Lincoln? Like, we all got Instax cameras. We know how to do this now. So very spooky. But I also found it, like, really cute. Like, I don't know if Mary Todd Lincoln ever remarried or anything. But it's like. No, I don't believe she did. To know that your, like, deceased husband's there. Mm -hmm. I mean, hopefully she liked him. Maybe she hated him. We don't really know. But he let her do all this, like, witchy spiritualist shit. So I feel like that sounds like a good husband for the time. Yeah. You can say what you want about, like, their relationship. Because there's a lot of writing about the nature of their relationship. Was it hot? 
No, was that dramatic? Well, the tea. Yeah, what's the goss? That's what we want to know. That Mary Todd Lincoln was a beard. Oh, and he was gay. Well, that's her gay best friend. Well, I, that's how I kind of feel. Now, I was also like, bisexual men exist. Just because men like dick doesn't mean they're gay. Mm-hmm. And so, like, there is kind of this whole theory. Mary Todd Lincoln was very mentally ill. Mm-hmm. She was very sick and hysterical. Like, when you think of, like, people are like, women having hysteria. I'm like, Mary Todd Lincoln was a hysterical woman. And she had so many children die. And she, you know, had this very strong interest in the spirit world because so many of her children died that actually there is an account that right before the Civil War, Abraham Lincoln joined her on a seance and was visited by a spirit that told him about the coming war and that he would have to be the person that held the country together. Ooh, crazy. And also that... um, I'm sure that did not help. Mary Todd Lincoln's hysterics. Absolutely not. <laughs> but also that he was destined, it was before the Emancipation Proclamation, that he was destined to like have this great, I don't think they called it an achievement, but like this big decision that would affect the country forever. And that like making the right decision and making the easy decision are not always the same thing. Mm-hmm. And that sometimes making the right decision, though it's hard, is the most important choice you can make. I love that. Yeah. I'm all about this. She's she's fascinating. I like it more knowing that she's just like a little bit crazy and hysterical and Mm -hmm. that her husband might have been gay I think that's great yeah good yeah and that I mean then that she knew uh, on some level that like she was originally Mary Todd and like that means that she was part of a because she hyphenated her name that means that she was part of like a legacy Mm -hmm. and like a powerful family and so the marrying of these two powerful families was like actually like really important and so being somebody and then, and then being like considered the weakest link of yeah. that generation or of, of that family. And then you go off to be the president's wife. Ha ha, fuck you yeah. bitches. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Nothing like a comeback story. It's my favorite. Huh, baby, that is some spooky content Ooh. for the spooky season. I love it. I wish the season could last forever. I know. September, it's fine. August, it's fine. It just doesn't have the vibe. Yeah. You know? October has the vibe. Yeah. November has the vibe, but then you're like, oh, the holidays are coming. <laughs> and then that's a vibe, yeah. you know? And you know what else is a vibe? Which is in the news. The biggest vibe. Our first story is just straight up hot, hot gossip. <gasps> is Emma Watson in a cult? In one? In a cult. Okay. The new Los Angeles gossip going around is that Emma Watson has joined some sort of cult in L.A. Allegedly, she was invited onto a Zoom meeting for the cult, and the participants were chanting Emma's name as a welcoming when she got into the room. That's all we know. And this is all still gossip. And so we don't actually know if Emma Watson is part of this cult, so before we cancel her, you know, or just joined a session to see what it's about or, like, doing research for a role. We don't know anything. We don't know the true reason, but allegedly that is what happened. We don't have the screenshots to prove it, but that is the word on the street. But there has been more information coming out about this cult. And so this cult is known as Ramtha, and it attracts hundreds of celebrities and tens of thousands of followers every year. And another celebrity who's supposed to be involved, like it had it even on her Wikipedia page at one point, is Salma Hayek. (gasps) No! So... Since 1989, a woman who calls herself Jay-Z Knight has drawn in people to her Ramtha School of Enlightenment in Yelm, Washington, 
where she says she channels a 35,000-year-old Lemurian warrior. What's a Lemurian? I don't know what that is. That's not the research I did for It this. sounds very magical. But I've been told that Yelm, Washington, is supposed to feel like very eerie. Like if you go there, like you kind of feel like you're in a horror film. It's like Forks. Yeah. Ooh. It's very, very creepy. And there have been like stories of people who, because this like cult thing is kind of like known there. And there have been stories of people who literally dead of night, people like are running to like run away and they'll <gasps> ask like people who live in the town if they can just drive them as far as they can and drop them off. Just to like get distance away from this cult. What the fuck? What Isn't the fuck? What crazy? the fuck? Oh my God. <laughs> Baby witches, if you could see my face right now. I know. She's so excited. This is all for her. And apparently there's videos of Jay-Z Knight. I haven't watched them, but I've heard there's videos of Jay-Z Knight on YouTube where she becomes like she channels the Lemurian warrior. And so she has like a deeper voice and everything. Like it's kind of like a crazy ass shit. So it's like this is like our modern day occultist person. Probably like psychic scam artist, oh you know. Oh my God, we have to get in here. And Jay-Z Knight is a spiritual teacher and author, although her critics, of course, call her a cult leader. And in 2011, the Southern Poverty Law Center criticized Knight for homophobic, anti-Catholic, anti-Semitic, racist rants. So she definitely seems like someone we should do an episode about in the future just because this shit seems fucking crazy. This sounds amazing. And this is like current happening right now. This isn't like... We missed it. You know, Heaven's Gate, like this happened oh decades God, yeah. ago. This is like, oh shit. Like, yeah, this is not the 70s and this isn't even the 90s. And, you know, no one that I like heard of has like died or anything, but it's like, you know, you've got, it's like in the realm of Scientology, like belief systems. So you have Scientology, you have this thing happening. And so I think it just sounds wild. I am so fascinated that Selma Hayek is involved in this. Yeah. I mean, though, just wearing a lot of gold in this Wikipedia portrait. Yeah, she does look like she could be in a cult. What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? Lumerian? Lemurian. Lemurian. Yeah. Like, that sounds so familiar. Lemuria. There's a Lemurian quartz. So, you know, it's like just a specific kind of quartz. I'm trying to see if it says anything specifically. Supposed to help us through a time of transition as we ascend to once again become the beautiful beings of love and light, which that kind of makes sense if you're like doing some culty esque activity yeah. where like ascending or transitioning. Yeah. And then Lemuria on Wikipedia was a continent proposed in 1864 by a zoologist theorized to have sunk beneath the Indian Ocean, later appropriated by occultists in supposed accounts of human origins. <gasps> So, like, first of the humans, I guess, is the idea for, like, a Lemurian. Oh, my God. And we got to do an episode about that. <laughs> if occultists are obsessed with it, we got to get on it. That's true. And that was our first story. We, this is only the first. That is. The second story is worse because it's sad, not oh. goss. Damn. I know. I lead with the goss. We know how the sandwich works, right? So I'm going to really bring you down with the second one. You're going to really hate it. Everyone's going to turn off the podcast, actually. No, I had This a... is worse than, like, the child abuse. We had such a good spell. I know. Up. The spell's going to be great. So, And this is fast. This is really fast. And if you trust me, everything's going to be okay. Okay? Okay, I trust you. Thank you. So our second story is animal abuse because witches made him do it. No. I promise it's going to be fine. Okay. It's going to be fine. 
So our sad sandwich story, a 43-year-old man from South Carolina tossed a one-year-old pit bull over a bridge, claiming that witches made him do it this month in October. The man was identified as the dog's owner, like with authorities he claimed to be the dog's owner. No. Yeah. And I literally wrote, really, none of the story makes sense because he allegedly didn't throw the dog over the bridge once. He did it twice. And so it was like, there was like some kind of river or lake or something underneath, but he like scooped this pit bull and just like tossed it twice a baby yeah like one years old and the dog was visibly shaken from the incident but sustained no injuries okay so the dog's fine the dog has been removed from his care and was sent to the greenville's county animal care for assessment and you know just comfort and love and the man of course has been transported to the spartanburg county detention center where he faces an animal cruelty charge so it seems like everything's gonna be okay I mean, this dog has definitely a trauma wound that he needs to tend to in therapy, but... He will never be picked up again. No, never. You cannot pick up this dog. You probably cannot pick up this dog's babies. Like, you know, that's not going to happen. But, you know, hopefully this leads to someone else, like a truly loving family coming in, like hearing about the story and like taking this dog. That's what we're hoping. And so at this point, the case is still new because this happened this month. So there's no updates about what the man meant by, which has made me do it. And so, honestly, he's probably just, like, mentally ill or tweaking or something. But the dog is okay. Baby, I told you today that I got sad about a dog on the Titanic. I know. You said that. And then I saw this story, and I was like, oh, my God. Synchronicity. This is what Julia Cameron's been talking about. This is exactly. (laughs) We're on week eight. This is the artist's way. Yeah. We're over with luxury. Now it's time for God power. (laughs) And then our last story, we're just keeping it really easy breezy. It's. We're just going to highlight a celebrity witch. Okay. Let's just do it. So we've had the story about cults. We've had our little sob story. So let's just have a mindless type of People magazine story where the stakes don't matter and nothing bad's even about it. And so we're going to talk about the double Scorpio herself, Icelandic singer and icon Bjork. Really? Because of course she's a witch. Of course. Of course. What kind of Scorpio? What kind of double Scorpio is she? Oh, the you. She's you. (gasps) The sun and the moon. I'm not a moon. I thought you were the moon. No, I'm a sun and a rising. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm a Capricorn moon, which is why I'm like this. I thought this. you were the Capricorn no, rising. No, I'm, I'm a Capricorn moon. That's oh. why I'm fucking awful. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. She's the sun inside, and the moon. Inside here? Fucking hell. <laughs> it's, it's a fucking Bosch painting. A garden of earthly delights. So anyway, about Bjork. Bjork revealed how her activist mother was obsessed with the occult and Nordic mythology when she was growing up. And so her mother would always make sure Bjork knew her astrological chart and her chart even predicted that she would have fame and fortune. No way. Isn't that crazy? That's amazing. Um, Like ours did too, right? Maybe. I hope so. I don't know. Who do we need to interpret that our chart means we're going to have fame and fortune? I just want money. (laughs) I'll be remembered. As long as I'm remembered after I'm dead. Okay. And I have money. Yeah. And I can have multiple houses. Multiple? Well. Count them off. Apartment in the city. Mm Mm-hmm. Manhattan, I would hope. Oh, please. Cottage in the woods. Mm-hmm. To get away. Beach house. Beach house. Los Angeles apartment. Mm-hmm. And uh, some, some kind of villa. Yeah. In Europe. Maybe like a London flat. Like, why yeah, not? Yeah, 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 yeah. In the Cotswold. At that. Yeah, sure. What's that? It's like a little town in the mm-hmm. UK that... Yeah. I'll take a flat there. Sign me up, baby. Bjork said, I think she took me to all the occult creatures of Iceland from the age of zero until I was 18 when I became a rebel anti-hippie. I got my fortune told and everything. I think I probably believe most of it, actually. 
And then she goes on to say, I've got Pluto in a very important place. And that's what I'm about. She didn't say what place, though. I was like, bitch, what are you talking about? And she said, I have to recreate the universe every morning when I wake up and kill it in the evening, which is a bit outrageous. But there you go. And I was like, that's the energy I want taken into the Scorpio season. Yes. I want to build my universe in the morning and fucking murder it at night. Take a Bowie knife and bury it deep in its chest. I love that. I'm all about that. She's a Pluto and Virgo. What house? <laughs> yeah, I, we need more context. She loves it. I don't know. I was also like, a whole generation has their Pluto in the exact same place, baby. Ninth house. Travel, wisdom, philosophy, higher education. Oh. I mean, I guess. Yeah. Important? I wouldn't say that. But okay. Whatever you need to believe, Bjork. I don't know. She did it. She's famous. She wore the swan dress. People talk about her still. Constantly. So... You know, get it, Bjork. I love that energy. I also love the energy of assuming your placement, like for one fucking planet in your chart, is very important. Even though, even if you're lying, I don't care. I think our placement is important. Our placement in uh, because we're right next to each other, holding hands. Yeah, <laughs> our Saturn placement is important. It created the pandemic. It did. That was all us. All us in this podcast. You're welcome. You are welcome. And that has been Witches in the News. And now it's time for us to move on to a very special spell. Ooh. So as of today, today, when this episode airs, there are 13 days left until Halloween. So these are 13 things you can do to get into the Halloween spirit. Unlucky number 13. And Alicia and I have been doing the artist way. So we are very interested in artist activities. Oh, yes. Journaling. All of it. Picking flowers. Mm -hmm. So here we go. Number one, today, Wednesday, day one. <laughs> Watch your favorite Halloween episode of your favorite cartoon. You can find most of them on watchcartoonsonline.tv or whatever the suffix is now. And I don't give a shit if it's Charlie Brown's Great Pumpkin, Doug's Halloween Adventure, or Rugrats Candy Bar Creep Show. Something to reconnect <laughs> to your inner child. Oh, I love that. Day two, Thursday. If you don't have your costume... Guess what, baby witch? Today you're buying on Amazon. Yeah, we run you, out of time. You waited. Yeah. You just watched your favorite episode of Ed and Eddie. Maybe you could be a character in that. I mean, if anything, you can buy some face paint for under $20. I looked it up. And go as a skeleton and wear whatever you want and be comfy. Or just be nude. Or be nude. That'd be kind of cool. Just a nude skeleton. The most Samhain you could possibly be. Day three, you need a pumpkin candle. That's true. Go. To CVS and buy a pumpkin candle on your way home from work. They are so cheap. And once it's dark, light that little bitch. Ooh, smell the pumpkin in the air. Day four. It's Saturday, baby. Is there something cute and Halloween-y going on in your town? A local viewing of Practical Magic. A public display at the public library. A corn maze. You need to get out into the real world, baby witch. I think I'm going to do a corn maze that day. Really? I think we already have that planned. Oh, yeah. perfect. Which brings me to day five, Sunday. Walk, bike, or drive around your neighborhood and look at all these outrageous, tacky, horrendous Halloween decorations. Do you know of any 12-foot skeletons in your area? It is the day to go see them. I love those guys. Oh, They're there's so one big. In, there's one in Clinton Hill, <gasps> two blocks from me. Oh, my gosh. I see him every day. And you wave. I watched them put it up, and I was like, you are the kind of people that I would expect to have a 12-foot skeleton. <laughs> and the space to store it well just like you have a 12 foot skeleton like no one's stealing that 
No. It's like one of the few things you can put up in Brooklyn and not have someone just take it in the middle of the night. No, no, no. Yeah. This Although is not what if they did? That'd actually be pretty sick. It's on the back of your um of your your Vespa. Yeah. On the back of your little your little beaky bike that you got. Guys, we gotta go now. <laughs> All right, day six. It's Monday. I'm sorry. Take a picture of at least three beautiful trees whose leaves are changing colors and post them on social media with the caption, Yeah, I'm that kind of bitch. I love taking pictures of trees. Day seven, Tuesday. Your Halloween costume should be arriving or have already arrived by now. So try it on. Light that pumpkin candle again and then text some friends about what their plans are for this weekend because you need to plan. It's time. Day eight, Wednesday again. Let's go spooky ooky with Halloween's past. Watch a scary movie from before 1990. (gasps) I'm talking cat people. Christine, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, The Thing, Children of the Corn. HBO literally has separate lists catered for scaredy cats and horror enthusiasts. I love that. Good. They need to help us out here. Day nine, Thursday. Solidify your Halloween plans. Okay, text those friends back. And then Halloween is on Monday, which means party time can be any day this weekend. So if you don't have a party to go to, you and your friends can... Hand out candy in your neighborhood, which is actually really fun and adorable. Mm -hmm. Some malls hand out candy to kids so you could go get a pretzel and people watch and watch little children have the best day of their lives. (laughs) You could also go to dinner in your costume and order some of those Halloween themed like drinks or food platters that everybody's like, we worked really hard on this and nobody's ordering the spooky (laughs) fries. Order the spooky fries. And then ask your friend who has kids if they're going to go trick-or-treating. And then maybe you can join because people that are having kids right now are really into like those little wagons and they have beer and they go around their neighborhood and their kids get treats and they get to have beer. It's fun. Are you allowed to drink? And I don't think you're allowed to. There's a lot of things you're not allowed to do. Well, that's true. Siege the Capitol. Try to take the election back. Record a podcast after work hours. Yeah. (laughs) And then, if nothing else, invite your friends over to watch a spooky movie and eat candy. I love that. It's delicious. It's so good. Day 10, Friday. Baby, today is the day you buy your pumpkin. It's in the calendar. Yes. You can get a mini one or a big one. And you can plan to paint it or you can carve it or you can just let her be raw and naked in all of her glory. But it's time to pick up that little bundle of joy and take her home. Take the baby home. Day 11. It's Saturday. If you don't have Halloween plans this day, I want you to make yourself a special treat. Maybe it's cinnamon apples roasted in the oven or those little place and bake Pillsbury ghost cookies. Love those. I already did that. They're very good. But I want you to fill your home with the scent of something delicious. Was there another Halloween episode you wanted to watch? How I Met Your Mother's Slutty Pumpkin or Over the Garden Wall or basically any episode of 90s Sabrina the Teenage Witch? Throw it on while you're cooking. And celebrate my birthday. And celebrate Alicia's birthday. Come on. Day 12, Sunday. Tomorrow, baby witches, it's the big day. (gasps) Paint, carve, or simply admire your beautiful pumpkin. If you don't have Halloween plans this day, go buy yourself a little bag of mini candies. Tell yourself you're going to give it to your ancestors. And then, you know, forget. And eat it yourself. Because they'll understand If you need to finish the whole thing. I feel like by nourishing your own body, you are nourishing the body of your ancestors. So I think it's fine. Alicia fixed it all. I'm a genius. Day 13, Samhain. 
is upon <gasps> us. She's here. If you work in an office that is fun or is quirky, wear your costume to work if it is not too slutty. I think you should just skip work. It's Call a off. holiday. You're hungover. It's a little like international holiday. Share your favorite Halloween memories. Watch your favorite Halloween movie. Listen to the Monster Mash and uh, goddammit, witch, eat the candy that you bought. Don't forget to leave a dish out for your loved ones who have passed. And at least once, howl at the moon. That was beautiful. That was stunning. I'm so excited to do all of these things. I'm so excited to do all of these things with you. <gasps> Best friends. Best friends going into the darkness together. We are bats in the sky. Diving down above a pumpkin field. And then we look up at the moon. The blood on our beautiful vampire bangs. It glistens in the starlight. That was lovely. Thank you. Thank you. We would like to thank our producer, Marcel Perez, our creative director, Mallory Porter, our resident intern and researcher, and now husband, Brian Rainey, and Kevin McLeod for our music that we use in the intro and the outro each week. Thanks, Kevin. Thank you, Kev. I also really like to thank anyone who's written an Apple podcast review or rated us on Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever else you get podcasts. Head over to Apple Podcasts, give us five stars. And honestly, guys, it means everything to us. And it costs you no money, maybe a little time. Barely. Just a couple seconds. You can write anything. It's for my birthday. Come on. Come on. If you want to find me, Alicia, you can find me on Instagram at Alicia period herder. And if you want to find Miss Tara, that's me. I'm on Instagram at her lovely face. That's my art Instagram. Or if you want to see pictures of my dog and my engagement ring, you can go to underscore little moss. That's my private Instagram. We're on Instagram at which yes, share an episode in your stories, tag us and we'll feature you on our stories. And then you can also head over to the Discord server, which has a link in the show notes. And if you don't like any of the socials, you can always contact us via email at witchesspodcast at gmail.com. Baby witches, do not sleep on that Discord and do not sleep on this Patreon. $5 Patreon witches and above are getting two extra episodes a month, which makes this a weekly podcast. They could ask us questions. They get their own private Discord channel. $10 and above get access to our close friends list and more. And I just love them more than I love the others. They're favorite children. Yeah, because every mom has a favorite. Oops, sorry. It could be you. And I guess that means this has been... Which, yes! Happy Samhain. Have fun. Don't do too many drugs. Uh, uh, Drink uh, water. Uh.